Galway Bay FM Sports News with Western Motors. Tomorrow comes with confidence in the new Volkswagen range. Explore the 231 Volkswagen range at volkswagengalway.ie. Now to another John. John Mulligan joins you. We're looking at sport over the weekend. We have a lovely piece, uh, by the way, from last night's event in the SCAF with Bernard Jackman and uh, Noel Mannion. Stay tuned for that in a couple of minutes' time. But speaking of rugby, though, John, Ireland will have their captains run in Cardiff uh, Stadium uh, today. It's a, it's a big day. I feel like saying Happy Christmas. Because it is, it's rugby oh, for Christmas. You, for you it is, It yeah. is rugby Christmas for me. I mean, the Six Nations starts tomorrow. It's Wales in Cardiff. Uh, you know, Land of Our Fathers will be roared out. Ireland's call will be roared out. Starts tonight with the under-20s. Four Connor players involved in the squad as well. Two of them from Corinthians, uh, John Devine and Fiakna Barrett. Uh, Hugh Gavin from Galwegians and Harry West from Buccaneers. Uh, Connor defending uh, Grand Slam champions at under-20 level. Starts tonight against uh, Wales in Colwyn Bay. But tomorrow, it is all about the opening game of the Six Nations and uh, two Connor players starting in uh, Finlay Bealham at tight head prop. Mac Hansen's on the wing, Bundiaki's in the replacements. Uh, there's no Tyg Furlong, he's injured, he's a hamstring problem, but it really does start tomorrow. And we've got England and Scotland as well, one of the great, you know, one of the great matches traditionally over the, the past hundred and something odd years, the Calcutta Cup they play for. It's yeah. just going to be a great day tomorrow. Come on, will you tell, why are they closing the roof tomorrow? I know the atmosphere will be magic. Go high, close it. Well, I think it, it goes to the it falls to the remit of the home side, and who happen to be who are Wales, obviously. And uh, usually, it kind of makes for a how can I put it, a more level playing field regarding the kickers if because the wind doesn't swirl around the place, uh, so it's pretty much just no wind. It's down to the skill of the players at the end. Now, sometimes, and we've seen it before happen, where Wales have been playing someone like New Zealand and have opened the, the roof so that basically all the elements can come in and attack them. But for, you know, Andrew, Andy Farrell said that he wants the roof closed as well. So it kind of suits everybody. But it does mean the atmosphere will be just, it'll be bouncing off the, off the walls, that's now, for sure. Forgive me for such a stupid question. I know it's a very big stadium, but would it get very warm then after a period of time? Uh, not really. Um, it's not a stupid question because it's a question that's always asked. And uh, will it, it depends on the weather outside, believe it or not, the humidity will be a major factor. Probably will go up a little notch or two, but it won't really make that much of a difference to the to the players on the field. It's not mm-hmm. going to it's not going to deter them that much. And the weather is actually not promised as, a, I don't know what it's like in Wales at the minute, but it is going to be fairly cold. So if anything, it probably will just help them. Good on. And the other stupid question is, Bundyaki is named on the replacements, um, but yet hasn't played. No, but he does have... Well, my comment is, when Bundyaki puts on a green jersey, you see nothing but 100% commitment, and Andy Farrell knows that. That's 100%. And and, uh, Andy Farrell knows that. And he's a brilliant impact player. Uh, Look, whatever has happened, there is rumour, counter-rumour, story, counter-story, and personally, I couldn't couldn't care less. He's a nice guy. Whatever happens in Connacht, stays in Connacht, let them deal with it. Whatever happens for Ireland, stay with Ireland, let them deal with it. We worry about everything else after the Six Nations. And I'm not being a defendist, I'm not uh, being an apologist I'm not being any of the kind there are just certain times and ways and means of doing things and now is not one of them uh, let them get on with their jobs let them do what they have to do and hopefully get a win tomorrow and then move on from there mm. look it's a big one tomorrow Wales are going in with very little expectation their supporters don't think they have a hope in hell I disagree I think Wales could be really dangerous at home um, they have some fantastic players who are liable to do anything and a moment of magic can change a game in the head. And the Irish Six Nations t- journey could be over 
by four o'clock tomorrow afternoon if they don't get mm. it right. So okay. we wait and see. But uh, let's hear what uh, Bernard Jackman and uh, Noel Mannion had to say. Two legends of the game, Bernard, of course, and Mo, Noel both played with Connacht, both played with Ireland. Mm. And uh, interesting to hear what they have put, to say about this. Put this in context now, because this is this is tongue in cheek, and this. Um, there's um, there's what do you call that? That's not something. Well, well Fly, Mannion, Fly Mannion scored one of the great tries of all time against Wales. Mm-hmm. Uh, an intercept from inside his own half. Now he's number eight. He's not the smallest lad in the pitch, and how he managed to make the sixty-yard run to touch down is still one of the great Irish tries in history. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it'll never be forgotten. So but it was interesting to hear what they've said. Yeah, but there's a bit of fake tan in this as well. I wouldn't so. be surprised in the slightest. Sure. Ga- let's just mention Gavin Henson. It was probably a name that'll come to mind when they mentioned fake tan because that was one of the great running jokes when he played for Wales. Outstanding out half. Uh, and he was known for being well tanned before he would go onto the pitch. Rather right. him than me. Let's go. This uh, took place in the SCEF last night indeed. One more in Gatland on that tour. So um, we lost the first game to Western Province, and we're playing um, Boland in jo- in George, George and uh, Boland in jo- uh, George and Boland on the Wednesday. So on a Tuesday night, Gatland calls a team meeting anyway, and he gets up in front of us. He says, "Lads, um, we're far too white and pasty looking, right?" And when he played for Waikato against a tour and Irish team or tour and Welsh team or or Scottish, he used to laugh at how pasty and unathletic. The lads were from Northern Hemisphere. So he said, right, we're going to test this tonight, tomorrow. And if it works, everyone will do it, right? So he took out this bottle and had no labelling on it, right? And he goes, this is fake tan, right? And he says, um, Jackman and Trevor Brennan, you're the two palists, right? So you're rooming together tonight and you're going to put this on. And if you look well with it, everyone will do it, right? So, like, I was 20 years of age. Trevor Brennan would, do, would have done anything to play for Ireland, right? So we go up to the bedroom anyway. And I just thought we'd put a bit on our forearms, a bit in our face, Bit on our quads because you wear the shorts, the socks up. And Trevor's like, no, 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 we'd be going to the beach Thursday. We have to do the full body, right? So um, into our box of shorts or white fronts, whatever. Trevor's putting the tan on me. I'm putting it on him, right? It's very it sounds very um, uh, sounds very dodgy, but it was uh, it was all about board. But I, I have a 17 year old, 16 year old daughter now, so I know how fake tan works. I know a little bit more about them. This is 1998. Didn't have a clue. So you put it on, nothing happens, right? So anyway. Trevor goes, oh, you must need another application, right? So we put it on again, nothing happened. So we put on three layers, right? And then eventually we came to the conclusion that Gatland just gave us shampoo. There, was there wasn't a fake tan at all, right? So I went to bed, woke up the next morning, apt, stuck to the bed, right? Um, I looked over at Brennan, all I could see was the whites of his eyes. He was that right? I, I jumped up and into the mirror. I looked like an up and up from Charlie and Chocolate Factory, right? So panic set in then. So I jumped into the shower, but it doesn't come off, right? It doesn't come off straight away, right? So he was in the shower, we're scrubbing each other, like an hour, trying to get off. So I go down to reception and I go down to breakfast, and the whole team are in fits laughing at us, right? Um, now, honestly, like I was, it was, it was mahogany, right? So, um, but Brennan wasn't involved that day, but I was, and I was on the bench, and we wore these white Nike jerseys. And I remember warming up, and when you, problem was, you couldn't get it off by washing it from the outside, but when you sweat, it started to run. And uh, I, my, my white jersey was just covered in fake tan, right? So, 60 minute anyway, word comes on, Jack, man, you're on, right? And uh, that meant I was going to be on the camera, because Sky Sports were showing it. And I was mortified. So anyway, it was a scrum. I ran on, right? And I just wanted to get into the scrum as quickly as I could to, and get the main game started to get the camera off me. But they had this hooker. His name was Dale Stanton. He was a black African hooker and he played through apartheid. One of the, like, if, if you talk to people in South Africa, they know him, right? And he never took a backward step. So I was trying to get down to the scrum as quick as I could. And he just stands up and he goes, 
what the f*** are you, boy, right? <laughs> okay. And I was like, I'll explain later. Come on, whatever. So, um, Gatland, it was good to me. He gave me my first contract, but he also, he, he gave me a, a memory I'll never forget as well. <laughs> It's an amazing story. Sam. It is, yeah. It is an amazing story. You mentioned Dale Stanton, yeah, one of the toughest hookers ever played the game. Mm. <laughs> Just imagine what went on there, but that's a, that's a cracking story. Come here to me, Adrienne and Kieran are hosting in Morty Rabbits yeah, uh, tonight from big, 7 until 10 o'clock. Yeah, big one tonight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, raising money for the Jack and Jill Foundation as well. Entries of Fiverr and proceeds going to them. Uh, loads, of, uh, to, loads of stuff to talk about, of course. We look forward to tomorrow. Keeping an eye on the under-20s as well. And uh, just really have a good time of course uh, Murty Rabbit's home of the Connor clan and uh, great sponsors of our rugby coverage here on Goy BFM so really really looking forward to that got some nice guests and one or two surprises as well I'm not privy to say but you'll have to join us after 7 o'clock tonight to find out it's a good night to go to the bank holiday again Friday night so 7 o'clock right through until 10 I'd o'clock I'd forgotten it was a bank holiday so I keep. I had forgotten yeah. it was a bank holiday. Yeah, there it is. Go. Yeah. So, so if you want to go down there, Adrian and uh, Kieran and all the crew will look oh, after you. From yeah, keep an eye on our social media pages as well throughout the day. We'll have more on that. And right. there's tickets for Ireland and France to give away. Mm. Now that is, if that's not enough to get you to Murtis tonight, nothing is. Tickets you can't get tickets for these games. Clubs are being peppered, and I know this for a fact. Clubs have been peppered with requests for Ireland and France tickets. Way, way more demand than there are tickets to give out. And we've got tickets for Ireland and France to give away tonight. Have you prepared for me? Uh, no. No, thank you. I Sorry. Would, I wouldn't take them because it wouldn't be fair to them. Listen, just looking at other sport as well, yeah. uh, to the Golden Senior Football Hurling, and ladies' teams are expected to be named. Yeah, today. T- three huge games, actually. Uh, you've got the Goy Hurlers taking on Wexford tomorrow evening in the Alliance National League, first round of that, and it's also the Walsh Cup final. The Goy Footballers are playing Roscommon in Pier Stadium at 2 o'clock on Sunday. And on Monday, the Goy Ladies Footballers, who've won two from two, they are taking on Meath and Park Tolgen at one fifteen. That's also going to be a, a cracking game. Uh, they were impressive is an understatement against Dublin last week in the Goey ladies so it's going to be a lot of fun we've got seven Goey teams involved in, in Connor hurling finals schools finals tomorrow Connor Post primary schools senior hurling finals seven teams in the four finals so there's only wow. one team not from Galway involved and they're taking it's the, the one team by the way is St. Gerald's from Castle Bar and uh, there's a full preview by the way a full podcast looking forward to those games up and going BFM.ie now we, we speak to all seven schools okay. also I want to say the very, very best of luck as well to the Camogie teams that are involved. And you've got three All-Ireland semi-finals tomorrow uh, featuring um, Galway schools in Camogie in A, C and D, I think it is. You know, we wish them the very, very best of luck as well. Huge games. They're taking on Ulster opposition and they're all away from home. So if you can support them, please do. It'd be great to see them in All-Ireland Finals. Camogie's flying it um, at the moment. So all the very best with that. Now, we did mention and we spoke extensively about the ceremonial start of the Golden International Rally taking place in our square today. So they could go down uh, to Morty's. Then they could slip out and look at the ceremonial um, yeah. start there. And then, and then get back to Morty's again. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, Morty's stay open late, just a quick plug. And <laughs> Uh, also, uh, we've also. I mean, it's a huge weekend of sport because you've got Go United in action tonight in soccer. They're taking on Cork City, pre-season friendly. They're second last before the season gets underway against Finn Harps. You've got the University of Go hockey team. They're in the national indoor semi-final tomorrow morning. Uh, they take on Ards in the Antrim Forum. That gets underway early. I think it's half past nine. I just quick look at the script. Uh, yep, half past nine they take on Ards in the semi-final of the National Indoor. So we wish them the very, very best of luck um, in that. There is 
Um, huge event. There's a huge event happening in Darts down in Glenamady. The Oakland Hotel are hosting the Michael Griffin Memorial Tournament. Uh, that gets underway. Ha- it gets underway at seven o'clock tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening. But registrations from half past five. There'll be a big crowd at that. You've got Challenge Cycling Club holding an open youth day on Sunday at eleven o'clock out in Clarne Bridge. The National Indoor Masters Championships and Athletics Day take place this weekend in Athlone IT. You've got Greyhound Racing at Goy Greyhound Stadium and you've horse racing in Dundalk. Do we need to say any more? And I've probably forgotten something. You have not. You haven't. Uh, so, and full coverage of the uh, the day and the weekend here. And uh, John, thanks for dropping into us. Oh, I forgot today. something. I did forget something. The Goy Youth League are in the FAI Youth Cup final on Sunday in soccer. Um, at Eamon DC Park taking on the Cork League Tom Reddington uh, Tom yeah. Reddington's their team uh, it's his team that are in charge he's the manager of the side wish them the very best of luck you have the Connacht Junior Cup in soccer as well those you have 12 games down for decision featuring Galway teams that's all happening um, this weekend as well and uh, yeah I think that's pretty much uh, it as I look at the, look at my, my script and if there is anything else we will definitely be bringing it to you but uh, roll on the under 20 starting tonight and uh, roll on Marty's from 7 o'clock no, go, go down to Marty's uh, tonight when you get to the door say Mulligan Centre me and uh, you'll, you'll be grand from there listen thank you indeed for joining us uh, no today just to remind you again the Chancellor Resident Association will hold their annual seniors party at the Clybone Hotel on Sunday the 12th of February all senior residents in Chantilly can collect their tickets free of charge this coming Sunday February the 5th at the Chantilly Community Centre on the Ash Road there at, um, at Ash Road not the Ash Road at Ash Road uh, between 2pm and 4pm tickets for family and friends who would like to attend will also be available to purchase at €25 Euro each at the same venue at the same time as well. So John McDonald brought that to our attention. We're delighted uh, to read that out again. And Keith, just listening to your interview with the PRO of the above, I wish to convey my strongest objection to this rally. This is the second consecutive year enduring being locked up in our house while strangers park in our yards, gateways, etc. terrorise our animals and further destroy our already potholed, unserviced roads. As they have the full cooperation of Galway County Council and on Garda Shikona, Joe's citizen has no option but to accept the status quo. We no longer enjoy freedom or democracy in this republic. And that comes from Teresa Ryan today to the programme. Quick commercial break. We're back just after these. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, the comment lines are as busy as I've seen them uh, today. Um, in relation to Ollie Crow, this caller said, Keith, he's not answering your question. Did he vote for it? Tony wants to know from there. And another caller has asked, uh, Keith, are you watching the Tonight programme, um, programme on Virgin Media, where Michael McDougall said 20% of asylum seekers coming into this country have fake ID and are single males coming from countries such as Albania and Georgia, where there is absolutely no war or conflict. If this is true, and I believe it is, and that's dreadful, and all native uh, Irish people who are living on the streets and in hotels, they come in and are entitled to everything. Could you please look into this? Thank you. And that comes from a concerned citizen in Anadown. Um, to be honest, I, I I wouldn't be up during the Tonight Show. I go to bed early because I get up very early in the morning so that I'm fresh as a button to have a... Uh, to be on air for nine o'clock, so I, I wouldn't. But I mean, Michael McDougall, if he said it, um, I would put some credence to it. Morning, kids. A lot of chemicals going into the sewers in Gort as well. And um, I, how can the treatment plant deal with all of the chemicals from a continuous flow from morning till night? This caller said. And uh, Keith, this uh, caller said, uh, congratulations on sticking with um, Senator Ali Crow. I get on quite well with Ali Crow, very well with Ali Crow. I get on well with most people, to be honest. I just wanted to know, did he vote, which he did, uh, for the Climate Action Plan? And did they all vote for it? They did. 
so that if you vote for something, you know what you're voting for. And then if you don't know what you're voting for, you shouldn't vote for it. That's it. End of story. Couldn't be much simpler. And I'm not saying he should or he shouldn't have voted for it, but now we're, we have to uh, deal with what's been thrown at us. Uh, babies fed exclusively on breast milk significantly less likely to get sick. An Irish study has found. Dr. Sarah Brennan is co-author of the study and she joins me on the line today. Dr. Brennan, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today. It's a major new Irish study that has shown babies exclusively breastfed for the first 90 days of their lives were less likely to be treated for infant illnesses or hospitalised um, than formula-fed infants. I suppose I'd have to just put a caution out there in case those that don't breastfeed for whatever reason that it doesn't work or otherwise, that they don't feel guilty, Dr. Brennan, this morning. Absolutely. And I think our study is really important in that regard because it shows that the differences are quite small on an individual level, but that actually from a population perspective, that's where the real difference is at a population level. So it's really this is really from a public health perspective that, that we're publishing this, this data and we're really keen that the government and the health services really do what they can to help people to choose to breastfeed in the first instance and then to support it when they do choose it so that they can achieve their goals of breastfeeding. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, it, when mm-hmm. it does work, it's excellent, um, but it doesn't work for everybody. That's true, that's true. Yes, and formula is there and it, it, it's it's a wonderful product. You know, it really has done, you know, it's done wonderful work for, for helping moms to feed their babies and dads. Um, and for sure, you know, we don't want to make anyone feel bad for their choices. But, but when people choose to breastfeed, we really want them to be able to breastfeed and succeed in, in the way that, that they have hoped for. And in fairness, I mean, the, the midwives are excellent in uh, the hospital. We're trying to get people... Uh, to consider breastfeeding and all of that. But talk to me about the extent and the research um, of this study as well. So we've kind of we've put the rider out there that if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But for those that it does work for, I mean, how much analysis went into this? Well, this was based on um, data that's there from the Growing Up in Ireland study, which was a huge extensive study where um, 11,000 parents were questioned about their, their kids so, so there's loads of data there and, and all of that data was analysed. And in that data set, we looked at those who were formula fed and those who were breastfed exclusively for 90 days. And we also did 180 days, which is what the WHO recommends. So they recommend exclusive breastfeeding for six months. But because that number was so small, we focused more so on the 90 day um, exclusive breastfeeding. Um, and when you compare the outcomes of col- common illnesses between those two groups, there was a significantly reduced number of illnesses in those who were exclusively breastfed for, for, the, for, the, for that three months. And, and that would be over the first nine months of their life because that's when the, the survey was conducted after nine months of a baby's life. And can I ask you, that doesn't mean though, does it, um, that it's, it's, the formula is not working properly? No, so the formula is a form of nutrition and, um, and it's a very adequate um, and, you know, perfect form of nutrition um, for babies. But when they're breastfed, there's so much more in breast milk than there is in formula milk. So, so formula milk, there's EU guidelines stating what needs to be in it. And every single formula milk out there has the basic requirements that they need to have in it from a nutritional perspective. So it's designed especially for babies. But breast milk is a 
active, you know, live substance that we create ourselves specifically for our baby and it's tailored to our baby's needs. So our baby has ways of communicating with the mom to tell the mom what the mom needs to produce in her breast milk, her breast milk specifically for that baby. Um, and we know that when babies and moms have infection, um, the moms produce much more white cells, for instance, that help fight infection so that the baby can be supported in, in the infection that the baby has. So when we look at breast milk, we see that it's, it, it's so changing and it, it's changing all the time dependent on the needs of the baby. So where can this is something that formula can't do, of course. Yeah, where, where can they get um, where can they get further details? Anna, can I ask you uh, on the on sort this, of question? Yeah, on the questions. So the growing up in Ireland, um, they have a, a really good website, so you can go in there and you can learn an awful lot more about the growing up in Ireland study um, that they've done. Our paper is published and it is freely accessible on the internet. So I can send you a link and it can be put up on your website for people to access the paper if they'd like to see it. It's interesting. And I take it the research is ongoing then as well, uh, Dr. Sarah Brennan. Yeah, absolutely. And this is just the first wave. There are two more waves in this growing up in Ireland data set. So they were also asked questions when the babies were much older and then subsequently, and I can't remember exactly what age they were, but let's say, for example, age nine and age 14. So if we follow up the babies, um, if we follow the different cohorts through to that age, we'd be able to get more information on the impacts of breastfeeding. So, so that would be work that we would hope to do in future as well. All right. Listen, well done to you. Congratulations on what you've achieved. And again, if they want to get further details on this, we'll put the link that you're going to send to us up on our website and they can get uh, further details uh, from there. And uh, thank you indeed for joining us today, Dr. Sarah Brennan, co-author uh, of the study that we're talking about. And again, just to recap, babies fed exclusively on breast milk, significantly less likely uh, to get sick, the Irish study has found from there. And uh, if Dr. Renner, are you still with me? Just because somebody said, could you please ask your um, do 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 do? Could could you please ask whether breast milk donation is now available in Ireland? Nine years ago, my baby was young, and I donated it, uh, but I had to uh, give it up. It, it, have you ever come across that breast milk donation? No, I seem to have lost uh, Dr. Brennan. That's my fault. Uh, from there, we'll come back to it though next week uh, on the uh, program as well. Uh, some of the comments uh, coming in today. Good morning, Keith, this uh, caller said. I've, I also agree with Teresa there in relation to the rally. Uh, not enough information out there for us. And uh, Keith, uh, I have something to say, and I, um, I don't know the drinkers personally, but I do notice that they're Irish and they always have a carrier bag and that they put in and they're rubbish into and place in a bin before they leave the square. The Gardaí move them most of the time and they take the rubbish with them. But over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that there have been a lot of foreigners in our, by our monument and they never move, they're never moved on. And when they do leave, it's covered in takeaway uh, rubbish in cans and look absolutely terrible. No one said a word to them. And you tell me why, eh, please. Sorry for that, but can you give me your name and address in there? Because uh, Michael Crow was on about that a few times uh, to us. Uh, and um, he was on to us a few times about that. Um, but uh, we'll see, can we get something on that for next week on the program? I want to go back, though, to Dr. Sarah Brennan, who's kindly taken our call again. Uh, Dr. Brennan, just somebody sent in a, a note to us there, while, and it was me that cut you off, but somebody sent in a note. Can you, uh, can you ask whether breast milk donation is now available in Ireland? Nine years ago when my baby was young, I donated, um, but it, I, I had to give it up at that stage. Uh, have you ever come across breast milk donation? 
Yes, um, we have a milk bank in the north of Ireland and it services all of Ireland um, at the moment. Now, the the problem is that there's only um, capacity to service the neonatal units at the moment. And, and it would be a vision that we would have community milk banks and many of them spotted throughout Ireland. So people who have extra milk could donate it with a view to giving it to moms who, who aren't able to produce enough breast milk or who'd like to, to supplement with, with milk or who can't produce breast milk at all and would like to be able to get milk from the, the milk bank. So this is a model they have in Brazil and it's wonderful. And, and that would be a wonderful vision to have for Ireland because it, it really isn't very ethical, is it, to say to people that breast milk is so amazing um, but then when people aren't able to breastfeed themselves, that there isn't an alternative like breast milk that they could get from a, from a, a, a breast milk bank. So, so for sure, we, we need to develop this service further so, so that we're in a position for, for moms to be able to, to request milk from a milk bank so that they can feed their babies breast milk. And they haven't been able to produce their own, but they can feed um, someone else's breast milk who've, who've been um, able to donate it to the breast milk bank. Yeah. Well, we do. Have, we have blood banks and people kind of donate exactly. from there. It's a different situation. I've never come across mm-hmm. it myself, but it's to me sounds like a solution to even the survey that we're talking about. Uh, if there was 100 babies for that 90 days that might have been vulnerable or whatever, if they could get breast milk for 90 days, that 90 day, yeah. th- that key period that you're talking about, I think it would be wonderful yeah. from there. It would be wonderful. Wow. And and there are lots of moms who produce a lot of milk who, who donate all the time. So creating a model like this where it becomes more known about, um, then people are in a um, in position to donate milk. Um, and then people, other families are in a position to, to get it donated to them. Yeah. What what a lovely circle that it goes. Listen, thank you. Have yeah. a good weekend and have a safe weekend and have a good bank holiday weekend. Dr. Sarah Brennan there joining us and thanks for taking a call a second time this morning. Galway Talks in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Oh, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's uh, programme. The comment lines are open if you want to get through to us. And it's a bank holiday weekend. We have to keep reminding you that it is a bank holiday weekend. And uh, St. Bridget's Day is on Sunday. So uh, uh, we wish everyone a very happy St. Bridget's Day. So we do. Now, Jerry O'Boyle is a native uh, Galwegian. He joins you on the line because he is doing uh, a coastline run. So he is. And he joins me on the line. He's raising money for charity. Uh, but he joins me on the line today. Jerry, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Keith. Thanks indeed for joining us. You're from Galway, Jerry, yeah? I'm from Galway originally. Actually, can I play a request for my sister? She's celebrating a big birthday today. She lives in Dangan Heights. And what's your sister's Evelyn name? Evelyn, Evelyn Kenny. Evelyn Kenny. Oh, I know Evelyn Kenny. Is, is it a significant yeah. birthday, is it now, Jerry? Very significant. She's in Canary Islands, I think, at the moment. So probably oh. listen, listening to Galway Bay FM. <laughs> You, you don't say where she lives again or she'll be giving out to you, so she will. And where are you from yourself, Jerry O'Boyle? I'm, I lived in Rahun Road till I was about 12 or 13 and then I moved across to Riverside um, and now I'm living in Bangor County Down for the last 27 years. A nice part of the world to be living in. I like it up there. It's another Galway man there. Adrian Brennan lives there as well. I know Adrian. I've met him a few times. We've been out for a few drinks. Uh, we went to watch... Um, Connacht and Ulster there last year. Small, small in, world, uh, isn't Raven it? Hill. It's, a, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful village that you live in. We were there just after COVID, but beautiful. So when did you decide, uh, Jerry O'Boyle then, uh, 
to uh, do a coastal run? I decided um, about 2016, I had these two friends uh, in the local running club, North Down Athletic Club, and um, I said to them, there was a friend of mine who had done something similar previously, so I said, I'd love to do something like that. So I met these two friends and I said, look, I'm interested in doing this. And uh, they joined me. So the three of us, we, we started the run from um, Newry, just south of Newry, Omeath, County Louth, uh, which is just on the border. And we ran up the um, all around the county down coast. And we did not all of Northern Ireland together, the three of us, Helen, Sean and myself. And um, then I decided, I asked them, um, could we do Donegal as well? And they, you know, they had a lot of other things going on. So I ended up doing Donegal on my own, mm-hmm. which is a big, it's a big coastal county. It's actually one of the longest co- coastal counties in Ireland. Donegal and Cork are the two longest wow. coastal counties. And I'd say that it must have, and did you stick fairly well as close as you could to the coast, Jerry? As far as possible. Uh, don't do anything stupid, but uh, as far as possible, I tried to find a, um, a nice beach and there are you know, hundreds of lovely beaches in Donegal and, and Mayo and now in Galway as well. Coming down into uh, Lower Donegal, down to Rossnowl, all that way. Um, yeah, Rossnowl. I had a, a bit of a bad experience in Rossnowl because I did it in September and uh, I left it a bit late to start my run and I kind of ran out of I ran out of light because it was late September and I ran out of tide as well. The tide came in, so Mother Nature kind of let me down, but I should have known about the tides, but Rossnowl is a lovely beach, but when the tide comes in, the beach disappears, you know. And did you get out safely, you did? I did, I did. I actually, um, it was getting dark, it was about nine o'clock at night, and um, I got. A, I met this couple and they gave me a lift back to Rossnowl, where we were staying, and then I went back the following morning and did the bit I missed, you know, so... Oh, yeah. And I don't like to miss any parts. So you're a Galwegian, lived in Bangor for 27 years, and you had pints with Adrian yeah, Brennan, yeah, yeah. From, formerly of Brennan's Bar in the Docks here, and his sister Patricia still lives here in Galway as well. So that's that aspect of it. But now you're going to be doing a Galway leg of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Um, so I've been doing it six years. I started on the 11th of February 2017. So I'm going to, and I take a break, and I don't do winters really because it's just... It's, it's very hard to do when it's, you know, wet and cold and it takes a long time to get to a spot in, in winter time. So I um, I took a break over the winters. Uh, every winter I would take a break. And now I'm back. I'm, I'm going to try to start again on the 11th of February, which is Saturday a week, yeah. tomorrow week. Um, and that'll be exactly six years since I started the the original run. Wow. And where are you going to run from then? Are you starting somewhere in Connemara? I'm starting in Ross Muck. I finished in October. I finished at the Pierce's Cottage there at the visitor centre of Pierce's Cottage. Right. In Ross Muck, which is a good place to finish and a good place to start. Yeah. Because uh, there's a big car park there and everything. But um, yeah, I st- I, um, I'm going to do Saturday week, tomorrow week, I'm going to do um, the Ross Muck Peninsula. <laughs> So it's it's always handy when I do a peninsula because you can park your car and come back to the same spot at the end, you know? Wow. So you, you don't have the whole logistic of trying to plan where you're going to finish or someone is going to pick you up. Or Wow. So you're going to drive from Bangor to Rasmuk and you're going to do that over the weekend and do the peninsula? And well, I'm staying in Galway. I'm staying with my sister-in-law in, in Galway um, tomorrow, um, Friday night, this day week. 
and then Saturday morning I got up and drive out to Rossmuck. So wow. it's kind of I have the Galway base, which is handy for for County Galway. And it is. And uh, will you then eventually over the summer? Then will you finish it? Or will you end up going towards Clare? Then I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping 2023 this year that I'll carry along the the whole Connemara coast. I have to go down to Lettermore and Lettermullen and you know that that whole southwest corner of of Connemara, and then I come into Galway City. I'm hoping I get into Galway City about July. And then I'll carry on uh, towards um, Ormore, Kinvara, uh, Ballyvaughan maybe, uh, and finish in October. Finish County Galway in October. Wow. And what, then take a break for the winter and then start again next year. I'll tell you one thing, you, you, must, you must like a challenge, do you? Well, it's a kind of, it's an achievable challenge. So, you know, and... Um, you know, there's a lot of planning going into it because I just do it once a month. You know, I come back every month. So I have, I have a month between each stage to, to plan what I'm going to do and different places. And I like the whole history and the, the, the geography as well is, is interesting because I have to figure out, you know, how to get to different places. And there's the whole, um, you know, historical aspect that you can, you, when you get to a place, then you, you've read about it or you know about it and you don't miss anything, you know. Absolutely. So listen, good luck with it. Now you are raising money, I know, for a Galway charity, indeed, Rosedale Special School. Yeah, I'm raising money for, I did, my son, um, Brian, goes to a special school in Bangor, Clifton School. So I've, the run was called the Clifton Coastal Run mm-hmm. after my son's school. And I've raised over £3,000 for that school. Good on you. And um, so now I've kind of... I've got to know parents of a special school, similar special school in Galway called Rosedale, Rosedale Special School. And I'm now going to raise funds for Rosedale Special School. I got to know Davy Walsh and uh, Jessica Joyce and Dave Finnegan. And um, I'm going to start raising funds now for Rosedale Special School. So where can they get in contact with you, uh, Jerry O'Boyle? Uh, um I've an email address. I, I will probably put something on Facebook, yeah. and I think there will be uh, in the next few days. I'm on Facebook. I'm on WhatsApp. Um, I, I think if you just Google Clifton Coastal Run, uh, you will that's find me that's there. C-L-I-F-T-O-N, you know, that's C L I F T O N. Sorry, yeah, it's Clifton. It's spelled C L I F T O N. T O N, yeah, from there. It's so different to the Clifton so, spelling in Galway, yeah. So, how many other relations do you have? Evelyn is one relation. You have a sister-in-law who's another relation. Yeah, I have uh, my brother um, Anthony Tony Boyle um, lives in Galway, Taylor's Hill. Um, my brother Noel lives in Selbridge. My sister Mary lives in Mycullen. And um, oh, people might remember my brother, Sean, who, who died um, about 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, Sean Boyle. Wow. He played for West United. Well, may you rest in peace. Listen, uh, we'll, peace, we'll yeah. try and catch up with you over the summer because I'm certainly not going out to Rossmoke uh, next weekend to have a look at your running in this type of weather. So I'm, not, <laughs> I'm hoping the weather will be okay. Tomorrow might have been a better day, but you, can, you can't plan these things. No, you can't. So I'm, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Uh, or tomorrow week, tomorrow and then week. I'd come back down at the end of March as well and do another stage. So okay. the weather, you know, all things being equal, the weather is going to get better as 
as the year goes on. All right, uh, Jerry O'Boyle, thank you indeed for joining us. And you can email Jerry at oboyleaccounting.com. That's Jerry at oboyleaccounting.com. Jerry, thank you for joining us uh, today on the programme. Uh, how appropriate, though, is this? Snow Patrol. I will give you two or three minutes of it. This is called Run. It's a Friday. A very good morning to you. Snow Patrol and that song is called Run. I, I just I love the uh, chorus of it. Uh, but there you go. That's appropriate indeed for Jerry O'Boyle. And if you want to get in contact with it, you can do so also. And it's Jerry at O'Boyle Counting uh, dot com. So that's Jerry at O'Boyle uh, Accounting dot com for further details there. So. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to all involved in the uh, programme. Don't forget, next um, uh, Tuesday morning, by the way, Monday morning, we'll be having a lie-in. Next Tuesday morning, uh, we have Tinnitus Awareness Week on the programme. Marty Morrissey joins us in studio on the Marty Party. Uh, Gobi Gardi will be joining us as well. Polly joins us from Evergreen and Dave McCarthy looks at finance. So we have uh, loads on tomorrow on uh, Tuesday's programme for you as well. We'll be going back to the whole Pat McDonough situation, by the way, and those claims going in. I wanted, we were just too tight on time today and he was tied up from 10 o'clock, uh, but we will get to him as well on the programme. We're going back to the whole story in relation to Madra and uh, those dogs and the abuse that animals are receiving right across the board. And don't forget tomorrow too, by the way, if you want to uh, hear that interview with Marina Fiddler all over again. First off, it's on our podcast and secondly, it's on the Best of Goba Talks tomorrow here on Galway Bay FM. So it goes out between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock and the first piece we do is with Marina Fiddler and we'll be, again, I think it's a bit of a breakthrough coming. Uh, I spoke to her last night so we'll have that on Tuesday morning as well. But that is it uh, for today. Uh, Sincerely, thank you to all of you for listening. And don't forget, we're coming to you from Hedford next Friday morning. So this day we could be in Hedford. Uh, we'll be in the hall there in Hedford. And we have a rake of guests already booked. So we have, it's going to be interesting from ecology to tourism, to men's shed, to meals on wheels, all of that type of stuff. John has put a huge amount of work in. And we were down there on Wednesday with him as well for a couple of hours in the Angler's Rest just to pull it all together. So that's next Friday's Community Matters programme, Out and About. John Morley produced... Praise to all of your comments, but from yours truly, Keith again, stand by. Ronan's out and about today, and he'll have some great music between now and three, and onwards with Mark Roberts and the crew. But from yours truly, Keith again, John and all the crew, until Tuesday, just after the nine o'clock news, have a good and a very safe weekend, and enjoy it. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie.